Want to create a website in just an hour or less? How about a fully responsive and designed website for you in just about five minutes? Well, I'm here to tell you that that's not impossible, but it's totally possible with the team over at Gambix. Gambix uses state-of-the-art artificial intelligence and machine learning to build websites in just minutes. Yes, just minutes. And that's not all. They can also help you outrank your foes and, of course, obliterate the competition through their advanced SEO and e-commerce platform. Make sure to take advantage of that because they not only have advanced analytics that's going to help you see where you need to improve and also see what your competitors are doing, but it also helps that their prices are very, very good as well. So check out Gambix at gambixit.com. And if you need a website, an app, digital marketing, or even business consulting, they're there for you. What's up, Panther Nation? It's the Panther Guru. It's Carolina Dave, and it's the Prowl Report. Time to get after it. Let's go. Absolutely. Well, you know, we have a lot on the uh, episode uh, storyboard for today, but let's start here. Let's start talking about um, the schedule. You know, so the NFL released the schedule for all 32 teams. And the new 17-game schedule, uh, most of us have already known about this for a while, but we're just going to take a quick look at some of the notable matchups and just break down things overall. 17 games is looking pretty weird when you start talking about predicting uh, records. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's weird to say, like, you know, instead of 8-8, eight and eight, it'd be like 8-9 and nine or 9-8. Nine and eight. It's uh, just so weird to, to, to look at that and – uh, just digest it, really. Uh, taking one game off the preseason and adding, you know, a 17-game uh, schedule. Um, one thing to note is uh, I think that the Panthers have a really good shot at maybe maybe starting out strong, going winning their first three games. The Jets, uh, the Saints, we don't know what they're going to look like. And away – at the Texans, I think they could really open up 3-0. and There's a really good chance at that. No, I totally agree. And a lot of people um, still have the Saints listed as this powerhouse team. And honestly, we, we have to understand, like I, I was saying um, before to somebody that had talked to me about this offline, the pedigree of Drew Brees is something that should not be understated. Everybody was saying they have talent other in other areas. Of course, I'm not denying that. However, a true franchise quarterback can do wonders for your team. There was a lot of talented Panthers teams um, that had struggled just because of the quarterback play. And let's be honest about that. And so it's no exception with a Hall of Fame level quarterback. Drew Brees isn't just a starter in the NFL. He's a tier one, you know, Tom Brady-esque in that type of category. He's not the GOAT like Tom Brady, but he's in that same breath of quarterbacks, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. You put Drew Brees in that category. I think people are forgetting that. The guy has thrown his way out of horrible shootouts to win Saints games. And you don't just replace him and say, okay, we'll just keep plugging along. The Saints have a lot of – their fan base better be a lot more worried than, than they, they've been letting on. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then at the same token, like uh, I would think that the Panthers would need to start out strong because that, like I said, the front the front end of the schedule is manageable if you're going to be a competitive team, which we expect them to be. The back end is kind of loaded too. Uh, week 15 at the Bills, week 16 the Buccaneers, week 17 at the Saints. You would think by week 17, if uh, the Saints aren't injury ridden, you would think Sean Payton would have them at their best playing capability, whatever that may look like. And then to cap it off, uh, week 18 at the Buccaneers. So the back the back four sets up just as hard as the front four uh, sets up uh, as being manageable and winnable games. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I don't uh, particularly like that Bills matchup. The Bills are a really good team. They're really clicking, and it looks like they got even better during this offseason. So – that's, they're a scary team to play, in my opinion, and a team that's very much not even under the radar. We can't say that they're being slept on. Everybody knows how good the Bills team is, and they're going to try and make even more noise this year. Yeah, and uh, something that we uh, we outlined on uh, uh, the Prow Report on the Instagram uh, is the top five storylines going into this in, going into this uh, season um, with with number five being week 16 versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, they're going to be the heavy favorite in the NFC South. So if you can steal a win uh, against them in week week 16, uh, I, that would be huge, obviously, for your division uh, hopes, wild card, things of that nature. Uh, so that's the number five uh, storyline going into the season ranked based on the, the Prow Report rankings. Number four is week 15 versus the Bills. Uh, and that just being, you know, obviously the Buffalo Bills have strong connections to the the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, uh, Sean McDermott being the head coach, being under uh, Ron Rivera for so long. So a lot of a lot of our players go up to Buffalo. Obviously, the, the running joke is Panthers North up there. So that's our, our number four uh, storyline. Number three, the Carolina Panthers versus the Washington football team. Curtis Samuel and Coach Ron Rivera's first game back in Charlotte. So look for that to be a highly emotional game, tops, one of the top storylines. Number two, which we'll get into in a little bit, we'll dissect this game a little bit later. Week one, New York Jets versus Carolina Panthers, the revenge game hopefully for Sam Darnold. That's the number two storyline. And obviously the number one storyline, the most dramatic, uh, Cam Newton returning to Bank of America week nine, the Carolina Panthers hosts the New England Patriots. Absolutely. Some really good storylines and a lot of revenge games on the Panthers schedule. You know, Cam Newton's looking for uh, revenge. Um, Sam Darnold's looking for revenge on the Jets. And uh, it's going to be a reunion of sorts, you know, with our doppelgangers, uh, over there at Panthers North with the Bills, and then also the return of Ron Rivera. So this is setting up to be a very nice um, Panthers season. And we just want to go ahead and uh, quick give a quick thanks to the Panthers, uh, excuse me, for the Panthers organization for reaching out to us um, and offering us the opportunity to um, purchase tickets uh, ahead of schedule. Um, we really appreciate that that exclusive privilege, and you know. Uh, all the respect that the Panthers organization has shown the Prowl Report over this past year. 
and definitely all the support that the Prowl Report is looking forward to uh, always showing the Panthers organization as a whole. Some excellent people over there. Sure, uh, we'll be getting up with our listeners through uh, DMs and interactions on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, trying to get everybody linked up and try to uh, have a little prior report section at some of the games this season, if if uh, if available. With the uh, the state of North Carolina lifting all restrictions recently, it looks like we're going to be able to do that that thing. So it looks like we'll be back to tailgating and uh, watching the games together. Looking forward to it, really. All right. Well, speaking of um, events that are happening down in Charlotte, let's talk about rookie minicamp. Um, so let's let's do a couple of takeaways from rookie minicamp because there was a lot of good things going on at the rookie minicamp. Uh, and it was actually, I, I believe, a really strong showing in the early offing to kind of kick off the off season. I mean, honestly, as a Panthers fan, we're we're just excited about all types of uh, events because COVID didn't even allow for these things last year. So um, as more people continue to get healthy and vaccinated, that's great for the overall country and even more so for all of the football players because we're wishing them the best health and, of course, keeping their families safe and healthy as well. But Tommy Tremble looks like he's uh, gearing up to be more than just a blocker like he was in college. He's uh, made a couple of really splashy plays uh, in rookie minicamp, making some really good highlight uh, highlight reel catches. So Tommy Trumbull looked like he's uh, trending upwards, and the consensus around uh, Carolina media is that he was the standout player in rookie minicamp. Oh, yeah. I just uh, recently, as of this morning, made a post about Tommy Trumbull on the Proud Report Instagram, so make sure you go check out that. Um and just echoed, you know, the consensus that we've been uh, hearing from the, the coaching staff and uh, all others involved. Even other players talked highly of him. Brady Christensen talked uh, hi- highly of him, talking about how he, he loved to block with him. Obviously, like you touched on, he's known for blocking, but uh, uh, they didn't really tap into his receiving abilities at Notre Dame. Obviously, they had a Great receiving tight end at Notre Dame, who in a couple of years will probably be a first rounder. Uh, so, on blockings and things of that nature, but definitely look for him to be a do it all tight end, something that we haven't had in a long time. Absolutely. And um, hopefully, a guy that can try to fill the big shoes that Greg Olson left behind. Yeah, that would, that would be, um, amazing to say the least uh but what's some other that uh, you you look forward to seeing and kind of stood out to you a guy that uh really took uh literally took greg olson's number uh terrence marshall he he looked good on film um obviously jc horn he 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 looks ready to live up to the moment the way he carries himself uh the audio that we received from uh the rookie mini camp the way he was um you know just all over the field uh, look for him to be a starter eventually if not uh probably early on for sure with uh Bouye having to serve his suspension i would think that uh jc horn would be slotted in that that starting cornerback position and maybe even keeping it after aj comes back from his suspension 
No, absolutely. Uh, J.C. Horn is definitely a player that has the type, right type of mindset. Like he said, that he takes a lot of inspiration from the late great Kobe Bryant and the mama mentality. And to be a successful cornerback in this league, we've seen that you have to have that type of swagger. I've always thought that Patrick Peterson was kind of like the best of both worlds because Darrell Revis, um, Darrell Revis, we know that he had uh, really a lot of uh, aggressiveness in the, in the way that he played. Uh, Dion Primetime, you know, we know that he was a talker. Um, even Josh Norman, who was just at the Carolina Panthers, we know how much he loved to kind of get in the heads of wide receivers. So uh, I love that J.C. Horn has that I'm the best, I'm the greatest type of mentality, and I will show you um, solo type of Kobe type of mentality because, honestly, we've seen that translate so well for elite-level cornerbacks. They have that pride. They have that um, wanting to completely shut down every type of receiver type of mentality. He'll get plenty of opportunities to go against some big-time talent and DJ Moore and Roby Anderson. And even like you said, I mentioned a guy in Terrace Marshall who's definitely a first-round caliber talent. Matt Rule did say that they were going to pace it and take their time with him, and I have no problem. The receiver room is loaded, so there's no need to rush Terrace Marshall. Right, for sure. Uh, definitely take it take it uh, day by day, week by week. Um, make sure that you're getting – a healthy evaluation of uh, Terrence Marshall, not just in a, a rushed evaluation of him. You want to see him at his best physically, not just on the field. Like you got, you got to see how he handles uh, handles the the day after practice. Does is he is he doing all of his uh, physical therapy if that's still needed? Uh, is he is he doing extra extra work to make sure that he's strengthened? That's that's some intangibles that you could get a good reading on Terrence Marshall. Is he ready to be a professional uh, off the field as well? The extra reps, the extra film study. So there's things you can do with Terrence Marshall that doesn't just have to be between the, between the sidelines. Absolutely. And, and, and another thing to note is that this is the first time we're going to see Matt Rule really truly implement his full off-season program like he wants to. Mm-hmm. So for his reputation as a program builder, this will be really good to see um, uh, how everything kind of shakes out. We know that they're going to be implementing so much more the analytics, the tracking technologies, the uh, sports science and the recovery methods and the specific practice days and practice types. So this is going to be really interesting to see all of the Panthers organization go through a real true offseason where every last facet is being really fully implemented. So, like, like you said, with guys like Terrace Marshall, they're monitoring his body and seeing the most optimal rate of performance for him. Um, a lot of recovery methods are being implemented, really advanced stuff. So, the sports, the sports science team over there with the Carolina Panthers, I mean, it's going to really, I think, blow a lot of people's mind, some of the stuff that they're doing, if they ever um, publicize it. Yeah, and uh, let's just kind of talk about the offensive line. Um Beyond, you know, beyond David Moore, Freddie Christensen, um, Dante Brown, the status of it. What um, I know that's the biggest thing that a lot of educated Panthers fans are are worried about. Yes, Sam Darnold looks good, and yes, you you think you can revive him, but he's not going to stand a chance if he doesn't have a good offensive line. And that was that's been our major crutch for the last several years, even dating back. 
Cam Newton's demise, really, I think a lot of it had to contribute with the offensive line. Um, we're hoping, obviously, that Brady Christensen can be the left tackle. Uh, he seems like he he at least has the uh, the brain for it. You got you got to be really smart to be a left tackle. Left tackle and center is more than just physical capabilities. You have to be really really smart to digest what you're seeing and things of that nature to see the to call out the shifts and the what what might be coming towards the quarterback. It seems like he's uh, mentally sharp enough, but we, we we'll just have to see if he's physically able to. Uh, do the job and obviously hoping that he is but uh as of right now he he's definitely saying all the right things in the interview he's he's a little bit older uh more experienced in life uh we just we haven't seen a big enough sample size obviously there's no live game action but we haven't seen enough in in the rookie mini camp for um for for him to for us to know if he's going to be a left tackle yeah so um, I think that there's a lot of flexibility a lot of, on the line, a lot of guys that could play two or even three positions. Um, however, we like you said, we don't know specifically what's going to happen at that left tackle position. Um, it's not set in stone that Brady Christensen will be the guy there or um, if it will be Trent Scott or if it will be Greg Little. We don't know yet. I think that's a storyline, the biggest storyline to keep an eye on, even as the um, offseason progresses. And, of course, with – uh, mini camp coming up and veterans being able to report to mini camp um, it will give us start uh, start giving us a first look. But I don't think anything will be concrete to at least training camp, midway through training camp. Yeah, I would. Um, I would like to see another storyline. Deontay Brown, man, he's if he can, if he can keep his weight manageable and stay on the field, like he produced a lot at Alabama, and. I would I would think that he he could be a long term starter. I mean, we've we've had some struggles at guard too. Let's not let's not be uh, shy about that. It hasn't always been left tackle. And if you can if you can maybe he can be a staple left guard that makes the left tackle's job a whole lot easier. So if those two can grow together, Christensen and and uh, Brown, if you can get two starting. Uh, Offensive lineman out of this draft class that that that's so huge. Guys that that are going to be there for long term. I mean, it's just some stability to the offensive line. It's just been a revolving door at almost every position, except for right tackle over the years. No, absolutely, and and some stability on the line would be great because this offensive line looks like it does indeed have a lot of upside. Um, a lot of guys that could really be very good for the Carolina Panthers if they have a chance to really develop. David Moore, Deontay Brown, I really like them a lot. Mm-hmm. Those guys, those guys would be key. If you if you can just out of those three guys, if you can get two a left a left tackle on either a right guard or a left guard, it just it it, it makes it answers the questions because uh, a lot of the one backlash that we've been getting consistently out of this year's draft was did the Panthers wait too long to draft a left tackle. They had a second-round grade on Christensen, but they got him in the third, so they thought that was a huge get. Uh, obviously, they got Terrence Marshall as well. Um, we'll just see. If, if Christensen doesn't work out, they'll, the draft will definitely look back at all the left tackles that got gone in the second round that the Panthers could have snagged to make it work. But we'll see where that goes. Um, let's touch on the on week one. Uh, 
the Panthers really have to come out of the gate strong. They're playing a new-look uh, New York Jets team that had arguably one of the best drafts overall in the whole NFL. They, I think they did outstanding in their draft, unfortunately. Then we have to uh, play them first. Uh, new coaching staff, um, probably a rookie quarterback starting, obviously, in Zach Wilson. We'll see. We'll see how well he does against a uh, developing defense that uh, we that I'm very I'm very proud to say that uh, they're doing a lot better than they started out last last season. So I think that'll be that's a great storyline. Can if Sam Darnold goes out there and plays plays well, obviously the Panthers fans will uh, breathe a sigh of relief. But uh, we also got to remember it's a new system for him too. No, absolutely. Um, I think that this is a game that, you know, Sam Darnold's going to look to try and put up as many points as possible. He wants to really stick it to the Jets organization, and I'm hoping that he definitely gets the chance to do it. Whenever you go to greener pastures, you know, you always hope that it's way better than your last situation. And I think everybody does do their absolute best in their new situations. So I think that with all the talent that's surrounding him, to get a full offseason and, you know, Matt Rule's, off-season program to be able to really develop a lot of chemistry with these guys that he's going to be throwing the ball to and having an opportunity to throw to some real elite-level talent. I think that we should see the best of Sam Darnold, and it's going to be on full display week one because we're going to we're going to see what he's made of. But you got to um, assume that uh, the offensive line for the Carolina Panthers is going to be huge in that game because Sam Darnold's problem was that he had a hard time staying upright the Carolina Panthers offensive line is definitely better than the New York Jets line, but we're going to have to see that because those Jets defensive ends are probably hungry to sack Sam Donald. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And um been playing extremely well. Uh Panthers fans, let's be patient. Let's not write the guy off uh the bats. Uh even even if they lose, which would be a hard pill to swallow, obviously you lose to the Jets, but uh it's a new head coach. He, he does have a winning pedigree from where he's coming from. Uh, I think they'll do well eventually, the Jets. But the Panthers, really, like I said earlier, the Panthers really had to start out hot and uh, took, because that, that back end of that schedule, the last, those last four weeks are rough. Um, we'll see if they, they got better. Remember, remember this stat from last year, 0-8 in one score games. Let's see if they can improve at that. If they can improve at that, then – well, it'll be a really good, be a really good season, I believe, for the Carolina Panthers. Absolutely, I think that's the the only margin of difference between teams that um, we consider a success and teams that are failure. Um, they win sometimes by three points, one point, and they do it uh, flip flops. you know, the NFL is a fair um, league, in my opinion, because you know some teams that are able to go six and zero in their one point score games can easily go one and six or even uh oh and six in the next season so we're hoping they'll go ahead and write that ship this year speaking of quarterbacks it's been reported that the carolina pan i mean well we all know for a fact that um let's start here i mean we all know for a fact that dave tepper scott Fitter are very aggressive when it comes to pursuit of elite level talent but it has been reported that there's two trade scenarios floating out there um, and these are pure speculation and rumor, um, but they are being floated around by credible sources. So 
do I know for a hundred percent fact that the Carolina Panthers might be interested in trading for Aaron Rodgers still at this point in time in the season? Um, I can't confirm that per se, but it will be definitely something that the Prowl Report and Carolina Dave would uh, be wanting to look into per the sources because Carolina Dave and the Prowl Report have some excellent sources in getting it, just breaking insider information. I, I do know that the that rocks have been initial initial talks have been made. Uh, the Packers are still adamant about not trading him, but they've made one thing very clear in the trade. It's, I've heard that it's going you have to have a quarterback in return as part of the trade package, and obviously Sam Darnold I would believe would be part of that trade package. Um, that's why Carolina Panthers are uh, ranked you know second as uh, um, trade partners for the for the Green Bay Packers. A lot of people uh, are, are favoring the Denver Broncos because they have Bridgewater and uh, Drew Locke that they could maybe put bundle together and send that way because the Packers' feelings is that Jordan Love is not ready. And that's bad news for them and Packers fans because this is his – what second? This is his second off season. He'll be going second into his, yeah, yeah, and and they traded up to get him, so that's a bad look. Um, at this point, you might have to throw him out there just so he can get in game reps if if Aaron Rodgers is not on the team. So it just depends on if uh, if the Packers are willing to you know finally give in. They're still in the stage of no, we're going to make it work with Aaron, and I think that will ultimately be what happens. I think they'll make it work. Um, it's been reported that they were ready to give him a massive contract, but before, before, uh, before this news started breaking that he was he was wanting some wanting trades, but I I don't think it was a money thing with him. I think it was more of a respect thing. So, yeah, I think the Panthers are uh, favorited. They have been. There has been uh, some rumblings around the the Carolina office. It's not a lot right now because of the way the Packers are approaching things. But if they make it known that they're taking trade offers, you better believe that a phone call, several will be made from the Carolina Panthers office. Absolutely. And I think, um, honestly, I would love to see the Panthers uh, get in on this trade because, I mean, think about it. Um, even though I've been giving a lot of credence to Sam Darnold and and I thought originally that, you know, if they took a flyer on him, maybe in a better system like ours, he could be a really good quarterback. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a phenomenal player and a player that could play for the Panthers for the next four to five seasons and make them instant playoff and even Super Bowl contenders. Yes. Um, he'd be one of the greatest Panthers quarterbacks ever. In his, yeah, in his, short, <laughs> in his short stint with – realistically, he's got – if he wants to, if he if he's serious about playing, if he starts taking care of his body, which obviously he does take care of his body because he's lasted as long as he has, and he's smart. He's so smart. He doesn't like he doesn't take a lot of snacks, uh, sacks. He gets the uh, offensive line ready, but he's got four four to five more years left in him. If he if he's serious, if he doesn't want to, you know, quit the NFL for Jeopardy or even you know do Jeopardy and the NFL, he can obviously he's thought about doing that too he's laid out a a uh, plan where he could do that in the offseason um but tom brady versus aaron Rodgers for the nfc south division title that's a storyline among storylines 
Oh, of course. I think the NFC South for sure at that point would be um, probably one of the greatest uh, divisions uh, in the NFL consistently yeah. at that point. Yeah, the only scary thing would be is if the Saints uh, end up getting Aaron Rodgers. That'd be heartbreaking. But uh, with that being said, we talked about the NFC South. Um, this is going to be a new a new uh, every episode segment that we do where we put up on Twitter a poll based on position groups, and we let the fans vote to see which position group uh, is the best for what team. So, for example, this week I did the wide receiver slash tight end uh, group, and it was a tie to see who had the best wide receiver slash tight end group. It was a three-way tie between the Carolina Panthers, the Atlanta Falcons with the addition of uh, Kyle Pitts now. We don't know if Julio Jones is going to stay on there. I believe that he would – if he leaves, obviously that would knock them out of contention. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. With all they with all they've added, um, so I guess it's up to you and me to kind of kind of break that tie uh, between the three way tie between the Bucks, the Panthers, and the Falcons. Who has the best wide receiver slash tight end group? Honestly, I'm going to go ahead and give it to. Um, I'd have to say, okay, so the Falcons have Austin Hooper as well as. Um, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Uh, Kyle Pitts is a young guy, and, you know, Tampa Bay has O.J. Howard and Cameron Brace. And Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, I'm giving it to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, they right. have to have the number one. I th- I would think that, yes, our wide receiver, you could argue that our wide receiver room now is the best um, with four guys that we could put out on the field, maybe five if uh, – is Smith from from South Carolina can get on the field, but uh, factoring in that tight end room, I think with us having question marks as good as Tommy Trimble may be, we don't obviously he's not Kyle Pitts first off, and the Tampa Bay can go three three deep at tight end, and they have two two stud wide receivers. So yeah, I believe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the best wide receiver slash tight end um, room. So, yeah, next next episode we'll have a different poll and we'll kind of rank them. Obviously, the New Orleans Saints is last. I would put uh, the Falcons third because Julio Jones is aging, and they really don't have much depth behind him and Calvin Ridley at wide receiver. Uh, obviously, Kyle Pitts is going to be a game changer if, if, if they use him right. And I would put the Panthers second just with, like I said, we know that DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson is going to be huge. Uh, and then if we – our tight end group will probably contribute a little bit. And then I, the, I, I think the Bucks are on a, a different a different level. But it, it did encourage me that a lot of our listeners think that the uh, the Panthers are the best wide receiver slash tight end group in, in, this, in the division. So that's, that's good to – that's good to hear. No, absolutely. Um, definitely the Panthers have uh, a lot of firepower, but um, like I said, for me, I can't deny it. I love the Carolina Panthers, but I got to be honest. Um, yeah. Mike Evans, uh, Rob Gronkowski, Cameron Braids, O.J. Howard, and then you also um, have Chris Godwin. All those guys are number ones. 
like they're number ones. Yeah, and I mean, I think yeah, that, that, there's nothing to add to that really. It's 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 definitely the Bucks, but uh, with with Sam Darnold, you know, maybe the maybe the Panthers have a better passing game this year than than they did last year. We had we had you know four guys with a thousand yards, so we'll see how it goes. Um, if the Panthers can surface as the number two wide receiver slash tight end group this this um, this season out of the out of the, the division, that'll uh, that'll bode well for the Panthers' offense for sure. No, and, absolutely. Uh, one other thing that we had on our uh, Panthers Twitter trends this uh, for this episode, uh, we kind of piggyback it off the um, the rookie mini camp. I ask. Uh, I asked the audience, what rookie impressed you the most during the camp? The options were Horn, Hubbard, uh, Trimble, or comment for any other. Uh, and there's still some time left on it if you want to jump over to Carolina, at Carolina Dave NC and vote. But as of right now, Tommy Trimble's running away with the uh, with the votes. He, he He's received the most votes. And, uh, yeah, I think, obviously – I, I, that's the consensus. We did a whole segment on Tommy Trimble, pretty much, um, and he he was worthy of a of a of a shout out on the the Prowler Ports Instagram. Uh, I th- I think there's like I said, there's some untapped uh, receiving ability, and any any guy that really headhunts blocking as a tight end, I mean, obviously that's welcome to anybody's football team. Of course. <clears throat> So and then J.C. Horn came in second. Um, I think that has to do with uh, just his comfort comfortability that he's already uh, exuding, and and just the way he carries himself. I think he's. Uh, it's not really. I don't, I don't even see. I don't even see cockiness. I just see professionalism and uh, excitement. Um, he 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 really wants to master his craft and. That's probably why they had him so high on his board. Obviously, the physical tools are there too, but the way he operates and handles himself, that goes a long way for NFL uh, teams when they're trying to evaluate you for the draft. No, absolutely. Um, that's why he had a lot of the measurables of an elite corner. Right, for sure. Um, that's That's all we got. For the, for this episode, uh, I would remind our our listeners, fans, uh, and and even your if you're a fan and you got some fans, uh, go ahead and start uh, DMing us and messaging us. You you got me at Carolina Dave NC. You got the Powerport on Instagram and Twitter and Panther Guru Panther Guru One on on Twitter. Message us all those accounts and uh, say hey. If you guys buy tickets, uh, let me know what dates. We'll try to plan. We'll try to plan a couple outings this season, and try to you know get some sections together where we can uh, all all meet up and enjoy time together. As, oh, that's uh, an excellent idea. I- I'm looking forward to that. Let's do that for sure, Panthers Nation. We'll try to do at least one for sure. And uh, try to try to maybe map out a, a, a an area to tailgate and things like that. Um, yeah, we'll just we'll do that. We'll make it a power pour outing. Meet some listeners. Uh, it's a good time to do it. We're coming out of. We're definitely coming out of this. 
on the other end of this pandemic. So it's time to celebrate together. We all deserve it for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for being on another episode of the Prowl Report, and we look forward to seeing you guys very soon. Yep. We're going to stay tuned, and we're always going to keep pounding. Absolutely.